turkeys are assholes. They are, but unfortunately, they're not, shit. they're not as stupid as people think. They'll, like, just go hang out in somebody's yard and mock you. And then you ask the guy if you go hunt on their property. He's like, oh, for 200 bucks. He's like, no. no I'll just go buy a turkey. Bucks. Thanks, man. Yeah, no they, shit. So they, they flip you the bird? We went down the rivers. We crossed the plains. And the USA. USA. Well, uh, <laughs> sp- speaking of getting nature all over everything, this kind of has something to do with what we're going to talk about today. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. We should, uh, oh yeah, uh, hi, welcome back to uh, How the West Was Fucked. Oh, so, so will I, even though you're going to oh. put something else on top of it. Yeah, I'll well, replace you, it. You never know, we might just play that backwards. <laughs> uh, this week, uh, it's not quite as, well actually it's very genocide I suppose, but not as um, in the thick of the genocide part. I suppose more than like the long, grueling aftermath of the genocide part. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> okay, sure. it's it's interesting. But uh, what uh, Tony? Do you know anything about a guy named Ishi? Just Ishi? Yes, just Ishi. It's like Madonna or Prince. Prince. Okay, how do you spell it? Is it I S H I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Ichi, I-C-H-I. It's not a Japanese dude. It's okay. Ichi. Then I have no fucking clue. Wait, is he a is he a, a, a philosopher? In a way. In a way, but that's not his... His, his that, main... Oh, that's, his that's ma- Nietzsche. Sorry. Oh, Nietzsche. No, this guy's main profession was... Uh, well, when he came to live amongst the white folk, he was a janitor. But prior to that, he was more or less a Neolithic man. So... <laughs> What the fuck? Pretty, pretty short uh, LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Past experience. He has plenty of skills, though. Oh, yeah. He's, he's talented <laughs> as shit. Um, I actually watched um, in my research for this, there's a guy. Um, we'll, um, you know, we'll get around to the particulars, but um, there's a guy uh, showing you how to build bow and or especially arrows the way he did, um, based off the writings of uh, Pope. You know, which we'll be talking about Pope later. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's like Ishii would make arrows that were like uh, compound arrows. So, like, you could sh- change out the tips and make, like, Whoa. a blunt arrow for, like, shooting birds and a flint arrow for shooting elk and shit like that. Tight. And I, I had seen that, but I didn't know it was, like, an indigenous kind of invention, at least in the... In the um, Americas. I've seen it uh, thinking like Africa and stuff like that, but uh, I didn't know we had that going on here. But yeah, Ishii can make interchangeable arrows, which, you know, I'd never seen like looking at a bunch of like Lakota and Cheyenne arrows the whole time. So that was interesting. Whoa. So yeah, he, he's, he's got his shit wired tight. He's uh, a craftsman. <laughs> but that's, that's 
reducing it too much. And so without any further ado, <laughs> we'll like let Will start off where the fuck he's going to start off with the comic sense. Well, this starts a little later than most of our stories because it's 1911. Uh, a guy was found outside of a slaughterhouse. Uh, the barking of the dogs uh, woke up the butchers inside. And they had cornered a wild man. Mm. Ooh. Which sounds like the beginning of a fucking horror movie. Like By all accounts, you got yeah. nighttime barking dogs outside a slaughterhouse and a wild man <laughs> on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> so they call off their dogs and telephone the sheriff in Oroville. That uh, was three miles away. So the sheriff and deputies show up with guns at the ready. But uh, Ishii didn't uh, bother to be uh, resistful and just was handcuffed. Uh, the sheriff locked him in the cell for the insane, not knowing what to do with him. Uh, at least the sheriff would keep him away from the curious public. So basically you have a guy who's pretty much emaciated to the point of starvation. Uh, his hair was burned off close to the end. He was naked except for a poncho made of ancient covered wagon canvas. What the fuck? Yep. They brought in local Ing- Indians as lo- and a Mexican to talk to Ishii in their respective tongues, but uh, nobody was understood. They're just kind of throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. Like, it could be Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got any Italians in town? Or, uh, yeah, right. Uh, Get a Frenchie in here. <laughs> <laughs> so Ishii became headline news in local papers in San Francisco, too. Uh, these accounts were read by a professor, Krober and Waterman. They were anthropologists at the University of California. Uh, they were interest, interested because they heard a story from three years before with some surveyors that found and uh, kicked the ass of a small group of Indians there. Uh, after hearing about this, the professors tried to find the Indians to no avail, though. So August 21st, 1911, Krober sends a telegraph to the sheriff of Butte County there in uh, Oroville, asking him for the custody of the wild men. Uh, Krober got permission and left the same day. So they guessed that Ishii was a Yana Indian, believed to be extinct. Uh, They grabbed uh, recorded vocabulary books from years ago. Uh, Waterman sat down beside Ishii and tried to, like, phonetically convey the words until he found yellow pine, the word yellow pine, which Ishii understood. Whoa. Uh, he was from the southernmost Yana, the dialect different, uh, Yaha, Yai. Yeah, I was going to say they're the Yahi, right? I guess we'll find out in a second. I think it's Yahi. Yep. Yeah. But the dialect differed just enough where he couldn't really communicate with him because he had the northern and central Yaha tribes. Every time you say Yaha, you just keep thinking of the band like Aha. It's like, oh, yeah. Take on me. But uh, Ishii was uh, basically the last wild Indian in North America. Uh, they, he, they say. They say. There might have been other wild ones around where there's just no people. So, mm-hmm. Well, so, no people other than the Indians, I guess I should say. That was kind of fucked up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> where were you? That's the bad thing. We're used to thinking like that. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Even though we don't mean to. Right. 
Yeah, but uh, basically he was stuck in the Stone Age uh, using stone and stone tools. I guess you're stuck in the Stone Age then if you're using stone tools. Absolutely. Technically, <laughs> even though he was much smarter than most of the hockeys around, at least in certain ways. Uh, California, before the Spanish came, probably had 150 to 250,000 Indians uh, divided into 21 nationalities, then 250-ish sub-nationalities. Maybe there were only two to 3,000 Yana, uh, North, Central, South, and the Yahi was the southernmost. That was Ishii's group. So there's four different groups of Yana there. Uh, the Yana lived in the hills underneath Mount Lassen. Uh, they feared, they were feared by their downhill neighbors as crazy warriors. Well, that, uh, and they're uphill, so they can just roll rocks down on them, right? Mm-hmm. Is that how that works? <laughs> yep. Uh, they never did, uh, get horses, though. That's more of a Plains Indian thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, horses are not necessarily known for their rock crawling ability. You'll see a lot of horses doing the climbing wall. You've obviously, uh, you've obviously uh, never played fucking Skyrim. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I suppose yeah. Those fuckers got some. some you, you can go any anywhere on those fucking horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were mostly unarmed, even though they were feared by uh, their neighbors there, the, the Valley natives. Batwai, the uh, the interpreter. He was only 30 miles away from Ishii's, but the language was different enough to make conversations frustrating. Each held each other's language as inferior and barbarized. It's like, you can't speak the Lord's English or the Queen's English. Does he speak English? Yes, but he cannot speak it good like we do. (laughs) Olaf, metal. (laughs) My love for you is like a truck bouncer. Would you like some making fuck bells out That's fucking funny, man. Did he say making fuck? Uh, Ishii's language had different dialects for men and women, which makes it even more complicated. Uh, they cremated their dead, which is a little different, and never drank water that was left out overnight because uh, the dead would drink from it. Oh, that's good. That's a good way to live. Yeah, just picturing, like, Pretty much zombies lapping water out of a bowl like a like cat. A, like but. a cat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they kind of had the traditional lifestyle. They lived off the salmon and pounded it and dried it. And some deer and some roots and ferns. Uh, during summer, they would venture farther up the slopes of Mount Lassen to cool off. In the fall, they picked acorn and pounded it into a flower. Nice. Then basically spent the winters inside making repairs and ropes and bows and spears and doing all sorts of busy work. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds like a not not a bad yeah. life. No, just like camping all the time. Right. <laughs> Who and, wouldn't and mind that? Exactly. But then what happened, Will? The Spanish came. Nobody expects the Spanish. <laughs> That's always a good time for everyone. If you want noses cut off and, like, hands cut off and shit. Yeah. The Spanish didn't quite reach him, though. It was mostly the white guys that did all the the hardcore genocide. Right. Well, the Spanish didn't reach the Yahi, but they reached a hell of a lot of other people. But uh, 1848, 
1849 is when Whitey moved in discovering gold. Because what happened in 1849, Tony? Civil War? Nope. Fuck! Again. In California, also, by the way, not a lot of Civil War happened in California. Oh, right, California. Um, Mexican-American War. Nope. Gold right Rush. That. Yeah. Gold Rush. Gold oh, that's, Rush. That's why Once they're called again, the 49ers. 49ers, exactly. And not the 69ers. Nope. Nice. Nope. Uh, the Whitey built a trail that skirted Mount Lassen and called it the Old Lassen Trail in 1850. Uh, that was 10 years before Ishii's birth. Uh, the Yana had somewhere between 2,000 and 2,400 square miles of land and two to 3,000 people. Not for long, they didn't. Uh, by 1872, 22 years later, when Ishii was about 10, there were no southern Yana left. Uh, and scattered individuals of the northern and central Yana remained alive. And the fourth group, Ishis, the Yahi, were believed to be extinct too. But obviously there was a handful left. Dun, dun, dun. Well, that's the thing is, according to my research, like the Yahi were never that big of a group anyway. They probably were around 400 individuals like from the get-go. So they're like a little bit smaller chunk of the, of the uh, what's called the Yana. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Uh, there's probably 12 murders of white guys by the Yana. Uh, maybe for every murder of a white guy, there's probably 30 to 50 uh, Indians were murdered. That's kind of, of the, course. Sounds about the ratio there. Yep, that's the typical uh, So it was early 1860s that the white population of the Sacramento Valley were in fear and outrage by the murder of five children by the Yahi. Ooh, that's uh, not necessarily that sympathetic. But, but the number of kidnappings of Indian children by whites might have numbered into 3,000 to 4,000. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Jesus every Indian woman, a uh, young girl, was potentially subject to rape, kidnapping, and prostitution. Great. Uh, which was kind of unknown in California Indian culture. Um, VD might have caused 40 to 80% of the deaths in the first 20 years after the gold rush. God damn it. Well, actually, yeah, didn't we talk about that on the VD episode? How, like, who was it when they got out here? It was like, holy shit, the natives, was it Lewis and Clark? And, like, Probably. The, na- yeah. the natives already had, like, tons of syphilis and shit going on, which probably came from what the English and Spanish mm-hmm. back in the day. For only being there maybe 40 years or so. Right. At the most. Jesus, man. (laughs) Yep. Gift that keeps on giving. Uh Uh-huh. So, and of course, Whitey was doing the hydraulic mining that polluted the Sacramento River. Therefore, canceling the salmon runs. Right, because it's Uh, always better to get uh, some kind of, like, uh, material that you can't eat, you know, that has, like, arbitrary value assigned to it rather than a recurring, like, relatively plentiful, easy-to-gather food source. It's better to just have, like, yeah chunks of metal than that. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't realize cancel culture started with the salmon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're a humpy, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Humpies. Uh, Nobody knows what humpies is outside of the Pacific Northwest, anyway. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, they're uh, another name for the pink salmon. So, 
the Valley Indians, they didn't trust the hill people, Lothar of the hill people. <laughs> I was just going to say Lothar of the hill people. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of passed this along to Whitey, uh, who blamed them for any cabin burning or stock stealing or any out-of-the-way murder. Oh, they're getting, like, scapegoated by the other tribes? Yep. Wow. Oh, totally wasn't us. It was the crazy bastards up on that hill. That's who did it, definitely. Not us. But after a while, the old Lassen Trail fell into disuse. It had a low pass, but it was kind of rough terrain getting out of there. So that helped them out a little. But early as 1850, the Yahi, or they would be called Mill Creek back in the day, uh... They were beginning to be seen in papers with all these stories. A uh, party of whiteys attacked and killed five men and one woman. Uh, they lost two people. Uh, the whites accused the Yahi of stealing stock, which turned into a siege by the Yahi, where they lost another 17. Wait, a siege by the Yahi or of the Yahi? By the Yahi, but they lost 17 people trying to siege him. Oh, that's pretty sh- shitty siege, then. Yeah, they should Fuck. just probably let him go at that point. I guess. Which they probably did. Uh, then another report from uh, of a big attack of the on the Yahi by the whites. They burned their village, but didn't mention how many were killed, which you could just imagine, of being only four or five hundred people. Right. Uh, 1853, some cows were stole. The whites attacked again by killing 25 or more. Some were shot. Some were hanged. Once again, the uh, killing of people over cows, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fucking ridiculous. But the 1850s were hard years for them. Uh, Numbers declined rapidly from violence and disease and starvation. Uh, Of course, when Whitey moves in, deer also become scarce. After they ruin their salmon runs. Fuck, man. Yeah. Well, the deer become scarce because you got to shoot all the deer, too. And you got to mm-hmm. cut down all the trees and, you know. So by 1857, the Yahi begin to steal and raid, uh, basically just to survive. I was going to say, because they have no other fucking way right. to live. But the military was called in, and they did it. Which is a good thing because they're so terrible at fighting, they probably never killed a single <laughs> Yana. <laughs> uh, 1861, a reservation was made, and some 181 southern Yana were rounded up at gunpoint and made to go there. But later, the reservation closed since most of them died along the way for being cooped up together. Here, like, get on this fuck. And I'm sure the land that they were given for the reservation was like. Oh, probably unable to. Yeah, probably unable to sustain life other than like scorpions, and swamp, either a swamp or a desert. The, one or yes, the other. swamp or a desert that happens to somehow also be on like a hillside in a swamp. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yes, the California hillside swamp desert. Yep, mm-hmm. you know it well. Great, great place for off roading. Very technically challenging. <laughs> Just quicksand at every step. Yep. <laughs> Uh, have you heard of a guy named Hiram Good? I have. No. You no. have? Oh, that name sounds familiar. Have we talked about him before? Maybe. I don't think so. Maybe. Uh, he was good at uh, killing him. Oh. And a guy named R.A. Anderson. C.A. Uh, Anderson I read about. Yeah, they were the civilian leaders of Indian hunting parties. I know Which what it is. is. I've, 
I was thinking of uh, I I just finished uh, uh, another playthrough of Outer Worlds, and there's like a dude named Hiram in there. Ah, uh, that's what it is. That's what I'm thinking. That's like could Hiram, be different. Hiram Good just sounds like you know, like when you're HR manager and you're addressing the president of the company is like, well, how many new recruits are we, you know, bring here? What how's it going with the new recruits? It's like, oh no, we got some potential hires. Well, well, you go out there and you hire them. You, you hire them good. real good. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, also, uh, so Outer Worlds is kind of like, um, it's like a space western basically. But there's a lot of like, there's a lot of similarities from doing this show. I I see a lot of similarities where they took inspiration from shit that happened in the 1800s and put it into this game. There's a company, um, uh, Bill Bill Sublet. Did he? Oh, yeah. What What was his gig? What did he used to do? He was a mountain man, uh, Trappist guy. Did uh, Did they have a fort for a while? Will the Sublets? Uh, that I don't know, but yeah, they were. There's a company Everywhere. that you can. There's a. There's kind of a shady company you can do work for in this game, but it's called Sublight. Sublight Salvage. Uh, nice. Yeah. Mm. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Cool. Uh, anyway, Hiram Good had forty scalps hanging from a tree in his yard. Oh, super! Sounds like a real peach of a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one trip, after being evaded by the Yahi, they crossed over to the Maidu territory, which is a different tribe, and they just slaughter 40 or them or so, even though they're peaceful. God damn, dude. Well, they uh, did it because it's easier when it's peaceful people. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. fight back. That's how it usually seems to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the probable year of Ishii's birth was 1862-ish. Uh, the Yahi continued to raid and avoid the army after being sent after them. They would take children and murder them, uh, which made the whites even more vengeful. See, that's not the best policy, probably. No. I mean, for for any side not, of this. Nothing you're going to do is keep whitey from trying to kill you, but that's going to definitely accelerate their efforts a yeah. little bit. But the army did find 600-some Yana remaining in the hills, uh, but it was the debacle they were going to put them on a reservation. Uh, they left Chico with 461 Indians. They arrived at the reservation in Mendocino County with 207 people. Shit. Holy fuck. Uh, two people were unaccounted for. 32 died along the way. And 150 were left sick along the trail to be brought in later. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, they, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure I that worked know, perfectly. I think I know where this is going, yeah. <laughs> but most of those Indians were my due... Uh, and the Yahi were still ensconced in the hills there. Ooh, in, ensconced. Better than being embedded. True. Uh, 1864, the army led by Captain Starr heard word that the Yahi were attacking the outlying homesteads. Uh, he was to capture the leaders and have them imprisoned on Alcatraz. So Great. that's how old how Alcatraz is. How fucking old is Alcatraz? Fucking old. Jesus really Christ. Old. No wonder it looks like a like a fucking medieval dungeon i somebody was saying um they've stopped repairing it now they're gonna like just let it crumble yeah they're gonna sink it and make a uh, artificial reef out of it not quite but well after all the damage from like when those crazy former marines like you know took it over and oh yeah shoot nerve gas missiles you know <laughs> after all that damage happened you know it's, it was pretty shot after that that was just con error <laughs> But without the air part. 
Oh. Uh, Con Island. Con Island. But it, no, when he's like, uh, uh, Nick Cage is asking the fucking terrorist guy, like, uh, let's talk music. Do you like the Elton John song Rocket Man? I don't like soft ass shit. Oh, you don't. Well, I only bring it up because, uh, it's you. You're the Rocket Man. And then shoots him with a rocket out the window. <laughs> Clever. So the prison on Alcatraz apparently is established in 1934. So I'm assuming they were just going to go maroon him out on the island of Alcatraz. Oh, okay. Probably. That's you, that. That makes sense, though. Like they're like, well, we'll be, like we've been using this island to fucking house convicts just in a tent, and now we're going to actually build a, a fucking prison on it. Oop! Oop! Wait. Uh, apparently, they're also the earliest record recorded private owner of the island of Alcatraz is Julian Workman, to whom it was given by Mexican Governor Pio Pico in June 1846. Whoa! Mm. And he was supposed to build a lighthouse on it. And uh, never did. It doesn't look like he did. And then when they did the Bear Flag Republic, like uh, John C. Fremont. Uh, bought it for, uh, you know, remember our old buddy Fre- Fremont? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he bought it for five grand in the name of the United States government. Wow, that's a fucking Apparently. screaming so. deal. Yep. You should, but, go on Red, uh, you should go on Redfin and see how much it is now. <laughs> uh, is it waterfront property? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all waterfront property. We need to buy well, that, and then we go buy Dick Shooter in, in uh, Idaho. Well, you do oh, remember yeah. that in the in the late sixties, uh, uh, early seventies, it was occupied by Native American people for a while too. Yep, it sure they was. Made like a for like a colony fu- for a while. It was like a year, what? right? Like a year or two. Yeah, yeah it's uh, sixty nine to seventy one. Uh, of course, the army was sent out again to find him, but of course they didn't find him and just found the Maidu again and attacked him. <laughs> Again, oh man! Uh, the Yahi murdered two white women in August 1864. That tripped off a bloody, uh, bloody, some bloody activity by Anderson and Hiram Good. Uh, between August and December 1864, uh, three quarters of the remaining Yana w- uh, were killed. Uh, vigilante groups didn't mind drunkenness among their their trips there and looting no. and violence Shocking. of any sort. Uh, they would just go there. Uh, the Northern Yana were just working in fields for their, or their white employers. They were just murdered. Uh, one woman was shot 11 times in the chest by vigilantes that were all liquored up. Yeah, that's yeah. fucked up. But the record kind of piles up. 30 here, 3 there, 10 here. Uh, there might have been only about 50 or so survivors. Uh, most of them married into the Valley tribes or lived on white ranches, though. They were hidden or protected by the farmers. Uh, the vigilantes now having wiped off the northern yonder now could focus on the Mill Creeks, the Yahi Ishis band. So late 60s, early 70s, the clash kind of reached its climax. This was the time that Ishii was growing up. Uh, with ranches extending up the valleys, the Yahi were left to the woods in inaccessible areas, leaving them only to stealing to survive. 
August 1865, Anderson and Good went undetected into a Yahi village and attacked it in the morning, which is always the... Fucking hell, man. Fucking bastards. The bastard move. Uh, The Yahi took off for the creek, but Good was stationed there and cut him off. Uh, Three Knolls attacked was the one that attacked that worked. This was called the Three Knolls. That's just named after probably had three Knolls there. Shocking. Yep. A few Yahi escaped. Uh, Ishii and his mother uh, were some of them. Uh, Ishii didn't like to talk about it, though, because probably his father died in the attack and probably some other family members. Well, and in my research, is talking about him and his mom kind of got away by, like, floating down the river like they were corpses, like past oh. all the uh, other corpses of their how, fa- you know, family and friends. How old is he at this point? Pretty young. Like, probably like 10? four... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, because 1862 is when he was born-ish, right. somewhere in there. Fuck, man. Uh, Hiram Good took home a little boy with six toes, though. The fuck? Just as a souvenir, like a, I guess. Like a fucking pet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, no, that's not okay. <laughs> Uh, 1866, they must have been really desperate because they tried to raid a farm in the middle of the day. But within a few hours, Anderson was after them. Uh, they kicked, uh, they crossed logs on Mill Creek and then kicked them over so they wouldn't think that Whitey could get across, but Whitey did. So the Yahi put in no rear guard and they were kind of slaughtered. Fuck. Uh, Anderson rode back to town in a flowered hat. With a scalp attached, and the Yahi took the flowered hat from their raids, uh, and he was riding a small mule, so he got plenty of looks for the uh, from flowered the hat. Oh, town folk. Hat, hat with flowers in it. I was picturing you saying a flowered hat. I'm picturing like you know how like you flower a piece of chicken or you know yeah, they like they dredged it and get yeah, it, like, get dredged it ready it for the fryer. flour and fucking panko <laughs> or something <laughs> shore lunch. <laughs> And they should make... Do they have nacho hats? Well, you know, North Dakota delicacy farmer hats. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty much so. the exact same thing as what you call uh, Indian fry bread, too, but... Oh, shit, all right. Like, us European types call them farmer's hats. I didn't realize they were reason. called farmer's hats. They're not. They're called fry bread, but we can't... <laughs> we You know, we wouldn't eat anything that the indigenous personnel would eat, so you oh, just gotta sure, call sure. them something else. Jesus. Oh, We're almost through the genocide, stupid. though, so hang yep. in there. Okay. Uh, the last of the Yahi were finished off by Anderson, or good. Uh, four vaqueros on a roundup followed a blood trail and found a dead steer that the Yahi freshly butchered. Uh, they followed the trail to a large cave. Uh, there, 30 Yahi were gathered, and they were shot by Anderson and good, all of them. Right. Fuck these guys. Well, and isn't that the one where uh, the one guy didn't feel so great about it? It's like shooting babies and kids and shit with a rifle because mm-hmm. it would just tear them all apart. So he used his pistol instead. Oh, fuck. I thought it was. Oh, God damn it. Yep. You thought I was going to make something like even. Like he felt bad about it or something. No, yeah, he's just like. He oh, felt, I- so, felt so bad about it. He just used a different gun on him. <sighs> Gross. Yep. I, it's, it's fucking, it's just crazy that, like, these fuckers come in, 
they fuck up everybody's like you know ecosystem so they have nothing to eat they they move them off their own land and then when they start stealing shit because it's the only way they can fucking survive yeah they're like hey they're stealing shit go get them yeah. murder them all in a cave and plus assholes. these are good christian people you know <laughs> yeah that's the best part Boy, I'm looking at uh, the cave that this is in. Uh, it's called uh, Kingsley Kingsley Cave, I think, right? I believe. Sure. I think I think it is. I'll just agree with you. Fuck off! It's King, Kingsley Cave. <laughs> For some reason, I put in Kingsley Cave, California, and it gave me Kingsley Cove, but it's giving me the same thing with the new cave. But, but I guess they're calling it Kingsley Cove, and it's, yeah, right along Bill. Mill Creek, next to Dead Man Gulch, Buckhorn Gulch. But it's interesting because now there appears to be, like, the wilderness area it's in is actually called the Ishii Wilderness. Yep. So, you that's are pretty correct, interesting. Sir. Anyway. Uh, we're almost done with the genocide. Uh, W.S.C. Graves was missing some cattle, so he and Hiram Good and two others went after the Yahi. Uh, they made it to their village. It was newly abandoned, and they slept there for the night. Next morning, they followed Mill Creek again and found the Yahi coming back down and hid. And uh, the Yahi didn't know they were there. And they jumped out and yelled surprise, and everybody had cake, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they only shot one old man, though. Uh, Hiram Good didn't want to shoot the women and children, so they took three captives, and then they went back. But well, two weeks cause, later... Because he forgot his pistol. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. Oh, all I have is his fucking hunting rifle. I'm not going to... Yeah, that's six buck around, man. I can't be <laughs> right. doing that. Still Christ. keep him as pets. It's not not a monster or anything. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, two weeks later, the Yahi come back to Seagraves in the middle of the night. There were seven women and five men. They gave them their bows as kind of a, a, a sign of giving up. Oh, yeah. well, Pro- uh, Or probably to trade for the three captives that they took. Yeah, that's what I'm... In my research, that's what they think they were trying to do is like, what do we have of value? And like, the only thing they really had left is like bows, you know? So like, yeah, we'll trade you. Yeah. But Seagraves didn't have them. Good did. Hiram. High good, yeah. as he was called. Uh, so they all go to Goods' cabin. One of Goods' men was putting up a rope to somehow weigh himself for some reason. Mm-hmm. To weigh himself? That's what he claims. He oh. was going ha- to fucking hang himself, probably. <laughs> that's that's how the Yahi took it, and they took <laughs> off, never to be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was trying to, to uh, I think he got caught trying to do the autoerotic asphyxiation thing. Oh, oh, I was trying to weigh myself. Weigh myself, or he, yes. Or he felt like a miserable piece of shit by perpetrating he genocide <laughs> for the last fucking decade. Yeah. Yeah, dead, there's that too. Dead, I mean, dead. you could, you could only hope. You're dead. That's an S.O.D. song. God bless him. Uh... So Ishii was three or four at the time of the Three Knolls Massacre, eight or nine when the Cave Massacre occurred, and about this time where they gave up, he was about ten. So the survivors, the seven women and five men, go into hiding. So it was kind of hard for uh, the uh, 
guys to get him to talk or Ishii to talk about uh, his dead relatives because that was kind of foreboded in his culture there. Yeah, and I'm sure it was just, you know, not exactly a fun trip down memory lane to mm-hmm. explain this shit over and over to a guy with a pad and paper, you know. Yeah. So after a while, they kind of avoided asking about it and kind of hoped he'd volunteer the story uh, without having to tear off some old wounds there. So we don't know exactly how many people went into hiding or know any of the names or even Ishii's names because Ishii just translates to man. There was probably Ishii's sister or cousin that they treated as a sister and his mom and possibly some older people too hiding. Uh, They figure maybe 15 or 16 at all at first. Uh, If any births occurred between 1870 and when they found Ishii, uh, he didn't mention any, though. Uh, It is unknown what happened to the three captives that Hiram Good took. Uh, From 1872 to 1884, uh, they didn't hear anything from Ishii or his tribe. Uh, No stock was stolen, no cabins rifled, no grain stolen, not a footprint. Uh, 1884, after 12 years, the Yahis start raiding again. Um, by this time, maybe some of their, their few hunters must have been lost or died. Or made them more desperate. mid-70s. And, yeah. Know. But after 10 years of raiding, it f- suddenly stopped again. So it was believed that five were left, and they moved to Deer Creek from Mill Creek. Uh, Ishii was born on Deer Creek. So he knew the area well. Uh, They had a little village at the junction of Sulphur and Deer Creek. Uh, He said he had good fishing there. So there was Ishii, his mother, his sister, or cousin. Uh, Whether she was older or younger is unknown. There was an old man and a younger one, though not related to the rest. Then the younger man died and that left four. So sometime in late 1906, uh, so this is quite ahead of time, Right. cabin at the Occidental Mine on Upper Deer Creek was broken into, thus revived rumors of Indians being out there, but none were seen. Uh, months later, some hired hand were camped at uh, a Spiegel Ranch, and someone made off with some of their food. Uh, the Sasquatch. Yep. Little... <laughs> But they didn't get a good look at him, so it could have been Sam Squanch. Yep. But they found a hat that was left behind. It was stitched with sinew. With, uh, yeah. What, sinew's like tendons, sinew. right? Sinew. Well, I, I, know, I know it's yep. sinew, but what kind of hat, I wonder? A bowler. Was, yeah, like a, a fucking baseball cap, like a, a trucker hat. Yeah, no, it's go. one of those. It's one of those court jester hats that the fucking snowboarders used to wear in the nineties. Oh yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> yes, uh, indigenous personnel are known for their lavish headgear, and that's just one of the rich tapestry of <laughs> varieties. Yeah. Uh, some months after that, a survey crew saw a naked Indian fishing in Deer Creek. Uh, the Indian was probably Ishi. He gave a snarl and pointed his fishing harpoon at him, so they took off. Awesome. So <laughs> Ishi. So you do it when somebody comes across you doing anything naked in the woods. You got to snarl at them, <laughs> even if you're just taking a dump. Yep, <laughs> that's the proper etiquette. Uh, most back at Tam- 
at camp didn't believe him, uh, but a local guy named Merle Apperson did. So he returned the next day to check it out. Uh, he got confirmation of an Indian being around by an arrow whizzing past his head. Oh, shit. <laughs> so he books it out of there. That was a warning, uh, motherfucker. Next yep. one, it won't miss. I'm sure he was that good of a shot that he was just giving him a warning. Yeah. Uh, later that morning, the survey crew walked right into Ishii's village. Uh, the old man was weak and couldn't move quickly, and the old woman was bedridden. Uh, Ishii wasn't seen that morning. The old man and Ishii's sisters ran slowly out. Uh, the old woman, that was Ishii's mother, laid there scared. Uh, the survey crew took much of anything they could find as souvenirs. Which God nice damn, enough. dude. These people have nothing left. You're going to steal their shit? Um, I don't know. Have you met, like, you know? Yeah. White no, like, um... <laughs> <sighs> Uh, but Apperson did feel bad, you know, returned the next morning. Uh, he wanted to save the old woman, but everybody was gone the next day. Uh, most of the shit that he, they stole is now part of the Ishii collection in the museum. In 1909, Waterman, the uh, ethnologist, tried to find him up there, but that was to no luck. Uh, after the invasion, the surveyors... Ishii never saw his sister and his, the old man again. Fuck. He believed that they drowned on crossing the creek or were eaten by a bear or a mountain lion. God damn but it. But he did, did carry his mother out, but she may have died soon after moving her. So Ishii was alone from 1908 to 1911. So three years. Three years out so, there all by herself. Are you familiar with the the TV show Alone, which I actually kind of like? It's like one of the better like reality style shows out there, where they like leave you in the woods. You got to film yourself. There's like they, they check on oh, them, yeah. like, that, once every the, two weeks. That's the one you were you actually like looked into like trying to get on, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I realized I'm nowhere near as fucking as much of a badass as. Even the weakest of these fuckers. Yeah, so. but it's it's kind of like Survivor Man style type shit. It's kind of it's even. Uh, I don't know. It's it's pretty legit. I mean, it's not over dramatized really at all. And like people get shit like just scared of bears and stuff like that. But the ones that last out there a long time, it's usually not because they're starving too bad. Although sometimes they get pulled because they're like starving. It's usually just because they can't handle not being around other people for extended period of time. Um, yeah. And it's usually, you know, they'll stay out there sometimes like three months. Holy I think it's some of the longer ones. You're right. Yeah, but Ishii got to do that for three fucking years. God damn, dude. And there's also no, you know, s- satellite phone to have anybody come pick you up anyway. Right. And you're taking a chance of if you go into habitation, they're just going to fucking shoot at you anyhow. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Ishii wins the alone challenge, for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> God damn. It's kind of like the uh, Japanese people still left in the Philippines or after mm-hmm. the World War II or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, the uh, military guys? What's his name? Hiru, uh, yeah. That guy's dope, too, yeah. There's also a, a book on a guy, I forgot his name, though, but he lived in Maine for years and years and in the winter, and he would steal stuff from cabins, and people just kind of, you know, would leave their cabins open or leave stuff out for him. But he lived in a tent and 
all seasons up in northern Maine for years by himself. There Good was that cat, cat in the greater Yellowstone region doing the same thing that actually they just buzzed because he kept on stealing like firearms and shit. They just buzzed him, but yeah, the Japanese guy that was the last to surrender uh, was uh, Hiru Onoda. When, when did he? Uh, when did he? He finally surrender. Uh, 1974. So he'd been in the jungle for 29 years. Fucking actively, hell. A, Fuck. actively, act, actively thinking that World War II is still going on. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> they had, I believe they had to get his old commanding officer to come down and like, that's right, cause he, he wouldn't be, He wouldn't believe anyone except for his fucking commanding officer. Yep. To, yeah, look that motherfucker up and fly him in. Good it's Lord. insanity. Yeah. Stick around for more How the West Was Fucked. Teddy Talks. Gentlemen, although I am no longer your president, I feel that it is my duty to inform and assist the American people regarding an invisible menace. As some of you may be aware, a deadly malady is sweeping the planet, known as the Spanish Influenza. Upon hearing this name, I immediately suspected a Spaniard revenge plot for our victories in Cuba and the Philippines. However, since the yellow-bellied Spaniards maintained neutrality through the recently ended Great War, I realized that they lacked the spine to strike back, even in such a dastardly and underhanded manner. Then, of course, I directed my suspicions towards the now-vanquished Kaiser Wilhelm. I am assured, however, by my sources in Europe, that Wilhelm is too busy fleeing like a beaten dog to have hatched such a scheme. Thus confounded, I then consulted several noted men of science on their opinions of probable origins and causes of this terrible sickness, and many claimed that it probably originated with the birds. Now, naturally, I said to myself, Theodore, here is something that is in your wheelhouse. I had my staff assemble my vast collection of shotguns, as well as several truckloads of shotgun shells, and was prepared to take the fight straight to the feathery bastards. But before my men and I could take the field and engage the avian menace, a message came by wire from that pencil-necked eunuch, President Woodrow Wilson, that the disease was now known to be spread from human to human by microscopic entities, probably through spittle, and that the simple covering of the mouth and nose and limiting close contact with other people can impede the spread. My science advisors annoyingly confirm this. And while I find Wilson to be a whinging milksop of the highest order, he is the commander-in-chief, and I shall do my best to set a good example for the American people. Therefore, I shall don my trusty blue polka dot bandana and sequester myself at my Sagamore Hill property. While there, I shall take the precautionary measure of annihilating every pigeon, pelican, and peregrine that comes within range of my 10-gauge long tom. Meanwhile, I have commissioned several of the world's finest armorers and watchmakers, at my own expense, to develop and craft diminutive weapons capable of laying waste to the miniature spittle monsters at the heart of this plague. When they are completed, 
I shall assemble a volunteer corps of hardy fighting men. And together, we shall use these petite armaments to take the fight to the enemy and riddle their minuscule bodies with miniature bullets. Until that time, my friends, I implore you all to swaddle your faces in cloth and keep a healthy distance from all but your closest acquaintances and kin. Good luck to you all. Even you will send you a feeble punching bag. Bully! So, now we're back to 1911, so enough with the genocide, anyway. Oh, goody. Now we can just yeah, go yeah. to, like, the human zoo portion again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just, just some fucking mild racism. Oh, yeah, even not- even the well-meaning people are, are racist at the time, mm-hmm. so. Right. So, it, uh, it's not quite as bad as, well, as some of the stuff we've seen thus far, but it's still, you know... It's yeah. it's it's time. Not ideal. No. So Ishii gladly put on clothes, but refused to wear shoes at the time. Uh, so when it was time to board a train, uh, Ishii was actually familiar with the train. Uh, his mother told him it was a demon, though, but it would never hurt an Indian, so he was okay with taking it. <laughs> <laughs> then you get to take a ferry from Oakland to San Francisco. Then a trolley ride to the Museum of Anthropology, where he lived. Lived? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was in the cage all the time. They had living quarters because the they had some people living there, like caretakers and and janitors like he was living there, too. So Yeah, and it wasn't quite as fucked as you ever heard of uh, Otabanga. Like, he was, uh, familiar. he was from, uh, I think the dollop did a thing on him. Oh, is he the uh, Oofy Goofy dude? He's, nope, that's a different guy. That was a white guy. This guy's uh, from the Congo. Um, and he, he pretty much was in uh, at the, uh, uh, what is it, the Louisiana Purchase Expo in St. Louis, and they had a human zoo. So uh, he had been basically purchased from slave traders and kind of like hung out in the, had to hang out in the primate house Ugh. and and pretend to like be all savage and shit. And he, did, I think he did have his like teeth filed down, which is customary in some places, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, he uh, basically was treated like a, a fucking zoo creature for quite some time, and then uh, mm-hmm. I think eventually shot himself. But mm-hmm. so it wasn't quite as bad for Ishi, but yeah. Mankind, you um. make me want to vomit. <laughs> At the time, they had various Indians come in for weeks or months to live there and contribute to the museum and their linguistic info. Uh, Like I said, the caretakers would stay there too. So when Ishii arrived, it wasn't anything new. Uh, Of course, Ishii was kind of shy at first and easily startled because you're coming from the Stone Age to modern age. To San Francisco, yeah. But he could be at ease, too, and smiled easily once he was kind of comfortable with everybody. But a California Indian would never use his own name, which, I guess, why would you? Well, uh, Never that, tell it in a direct question, either. Well, it's because, wasn't it their, like, tradition you were supposed to have somebody introduce you first before you could tell them your name? Oh, that would and make he, sense. And that's why he wouldn't say it. He's like, I have no one to inter- introduce me, so I can't say my name. Oh, shit. Is the way that he apparently explained himself 
So that's why they called him Ishii. But they were... Plenty of people trying to take advantage and borrow them for showing our exhibit like the human zoo. But uh, they were turned down, though. Um, They also wanted to record his voice. But the museum had its own wax cylinders to record on, so they recorded them. They were lost until 1957. Whoa! Wait, Uh, his voice was, uh, was recorded? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, sick. So they had to fix that machine to, in order to get it to, to play in 1957 with some wax cylinders. Cool. Uh, Ishii was wanted for motion pictures, which was in its infancy, but it took three years for a company to meet the university demands, which would it be not to use it in another film and to give a copy back to the university. Uh, it was made by the California Motion Picture Corporation which made 1,500 feet of film, and it was deposited at the university, but it was forgotten about and melted into a blob. Aw, man. So, but what do you do? Because everybody wants to see them and visit them, and you don't want to overexpose them, but you still want people to to see them, I guess, to learn about them, if you're respectful. Uh, But Ishii wasn't used to crowds, uh, obviously, he lived with four people most of his life. <laughs> right. Uh, it was decided that they would put him in a glass display where people could not touch him. Or, or like a, cage. a terra- fucking terrarium. <laughs> but he was told he could be out as long as he wanted to. Uh, so for his coming out party, um, oh, that he he could stay out as long as he wanted to in his coming out party. But they basically let him set his own hours and stuff. Oh, that's very nice of them to allow him to fucking run his own life. (laughs) But from then on, Krober and Ishii would meet people for just a few hours every Sunday. Uh, Krober would speak to the crowd and Ishii would demonstrate basically how to string a bow or make a fire with a drill or chipping on an arrowhead. He liked to make arrowheads for people. Yeah, and he'd make them oftentimes out of uh, empty Coke bottles. Whoa, the, really? The, the glass on the bottom of a bottle, especially soda bottles, is thick enough where you can actually nap them into a arrowhead. In fact, I have already taken the liberty of uh, finding a picture of one of those. But also, Tony, right now I'm going to send you a link that uh, goes through recordings of Ishii. Nice. Uh, sing, apparently sing, singing a gambling song. You gotta know when to hold yeah. them. <laughs> and somewhere in the darkness. Amber, he broke even. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, cool. But Sunday afternoons became a favorite for Ishii. Uh, after a while, he would recognize people who would come back and he kind of became friends with them. Uh, he had become friends with the neighborhood people too. Nice. Uh, because Ishii did uh, venture out on his own for a little while, at least in the neighborhood. Uh, he would go over to the Waterman's house over in Berkeley and saw the campus and would have dinner with Waterman's family. That's cool. So basically they let him do whatever he wanted, but it is, it's kind of limited on what you can do if you don't know the language or 
right. anything. And are scared of electric lights and, <laughs> you know. Seems like he got over that kind of shit pretty quick, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, they wanted to give Ishii some spending money, so they made him an assistant janitor. Basically, he was already doing chores. He was really kind of a neat guy. Now he's, you know, put everything away. Um, the university only paid in checks, though. So Krober taught Ishii how to write his name, so we have his signature on file. Oh, cool. Tight. So for the next week, for 15 minutes a day, they had him practice, and then he learned to write it from memory. Uh, he'd keep his money safe at the, in the safe at the museum. He would kind of take it out and count it from time to time, and he would save about half his money. So he he caught on to that pretty quickly, too. Responsible dude. Mm-hmm. Whoa, this fucking arrow, this Coke bottle arrowhead is excellent. Uh-huh. That's cool as shit. It looks like it's made out of crystal or something. Yep. Well, I, I noticed something when they're uh, showing making the arrows. Those arrowheads are so fucking different from the ones we have on, like, the Great Plains. Yeah, they they're really narrow and long. Stumpier, real narrow, long, and really yeah. pointy and triangular. But, they, yeah, they look like they'll definitely get the fucking job done. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Waterman was his first friend and remained so, being the first guy he talked to. Uh, Sam Batwai, the interpreter, whose father was Central Yana and his mom Southern Yana, uh, he didn't get along with Ishii. Uh, Sam thought of uh, him like a backcountry cousin. Uh, Ishii didn't like him either. He thought he was kind of a poser white man. <laughs> Feelings <laughs> mutual, bitch face. Uh, so the one guy you could really talk to he didn't like. Uh, Ishii's second friend was Krober, head of the museum, who he called Cheap, because the his language didn't have an F, so he called him Cheap. <laughs> Ishii's third friend was Saxton Pope, who was a teacher at the medical school next door, and he attended to Ishii whenever he needed medical help. Uh, Ishii taught him how to shoot a bow, which Pope became an avid bow hunter after that. Uh, Popey, as Ishii called him, was probably his closest friend. They kind of spoke their own pigeon yana English hybrid, all their own, which is cool. Uh, he was also friends with a guy named Juan Dolores, who is a Papago Indian from Arizona. Say Juan Dolores? Juan Dolores. Chocolate. Oh. Chocolate mm. Chocolate cookie. <laughs> Chocolate puppies. No. Mm. Mm. Okay. Dog turds. <laughs> uh, so he was one of Ishii's friends that were allowed to go with him when he went out. But he got free reign of the hospital there, so you just kind of wander around. Uh, by midwinter, he was wearing shoes, too, so he finally gave in to wearing shoes. And he would go out and buy stuff on his local little street there. Uh, Ishii enjoyed riding on the trolleys and ferries. Uh, his favorite trip was the to the university in Berkeley there. So he would go by his own. He memorized the numbers on the trolleys and could get there. Uh, Golden Gate Park was only three blocks away. So Ishii would practice his bow there. And they had buffaloes there, so he'd like to watch them. They had buffaloes? They still have that in, uh, not well, Cheyenne. Can- uh, yeah, well, Catalina Island. In, Sher- in Sheridan, Wyoming, <laughs> they just have uh, 
Buffalo is at a city park. Yeah, but I mean, fuck? It, it, makes sense, it makes a little bit more sense in Wyoming, but fucking San Francisco, yeah, Golden Gate well, Park. They also have the ones off uh, Cat, on Catalina Island that got uh, taken out there mm-hmm. to be in a movie and then never taken off. Oh, excellent. So it's just like Wild Buffalo on an island in the middle of the Pacific. And Catalina Backwards is anal attack. Ooh. I'll believe you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you take nicest and kind of flip around two letters, you get incest. So, Oh, there you go. I just figured that one out. Just now. <laughs> just now. I just like somebody going to Golden Gate Park, and all of a sudden there's like, like you said, Native American fella with Stone Age tools just shooting arrows and shit. That'd be, I'd, I'd be down. <laughs> I'd be into that. I'd be a little freaked out, but, you know, be a pretty cool thing to find. Yeah. Not the weirdest thing you'll find in Golden Gate Park. No, probably not. No. Nope. Uh, he liked ice cream soda most of all. Oh, sweet tooth. <laughs> uh, Ishii ate no butter because it ruins your singing voice. Uh, butter does? <laughs> yep. Soft-cooked eggs cause head colds, so he avoided them. He had them hard-boiled. And he liked clear liquids, so he didn't like gravy. Sorry, Bo. Oh, fucker. Yeah, no, we thought we should have got him. Per- what was the SNL sketch? Uh, Crystal gravy. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Gross. I <laughs> uh, thought matches were pretty awesome though. Instead of using a drill to make fire, which he was actually really good at doing the yeah. drill thing anyway. But you know, he's, I don't care how good you are, can't compare it to like instant fire. So <laughs> yeah, uh, he liked trolleys instead of automobiles. Which would make sense. In 1911, I'm sure the automobiles were nothing to write home about. Really loud, really smoky, probably jarring to ride around in. Yeah. Uh, He even got letters from the ladies. Ooh. Uh, One of the medical students even put out a personal ad for him. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I don't think he did well with the ladies. I think he was kind of past that point of caring because he was alone for so long and he was in his 40s by the time this happened uh is there is there a way we could i'm I'm gonna look for the the fucking personal ad it's got to be somewhere right maybe i would love to read that shit (laughs) we could make one up if there isn't (laughs) uh he would request stuff from home from the woods uh like sacks of acorns uh, he used hazel shoots for arrows. Uh, he hazel built a summer shoots. shelter on the museum grounds. Yeah, those hazel shoots, like I said, I was watching a guy um, that was making arrows Ishi style, and he definitely used shoots from a hazel. said those are the best. They're real straight and about the right diameter. Uh, he also, I think we already said, he hung out at the hospital a lot, eating at the cafeteria. And one day, he wandered into the teaching classroom where bodies were being dissected. Yikes. Of course, this freaked him the fuck out. Yeah. Because the Yahi cremated their dead and oh, went man. out of their way not to touch it. Uh, he knew that there were mummies in the museum, so he would put he would not leave any of his belongings in those rooms with mummies. Because that was bad luck. Yeah. But uh, Pope <laughs> did take him into surgery, and he was interested in that. So, oh, oh, he was he was watching someone get surgerized on. Mm-hmm. Damn. So he's leaving a pretty interesting life. Yeah. 
Well, that apparently when he was, he was real good about when he was like, um, like hanging out at the hospital and stuff. And there was like people, like sick people in beds and shit like that. He was apparently like super like interested in that and really like sympathetic, empathetic, you know, like good bedside man. He couldn't really communicate with them that well, but you know, he'd like go to each person and kind of like give them a sympathetic kind of smile and shit. Like, I don't know, like a cheer me up visit kind of deal. So. Cool. But uh, Ishii kept busy making tools, arrows, ropes, etc. Uh, he was kind of particular about the materials. Uh, sometimes he would go out to the nearby coast range in Marin County and gather stuff there. Uh, or museum asked landowners in his old area to send stuff. He liked to demonstrate his fire drill uh, and liked to show how he made his bows. He could also mimic all sorts of animal calls, too. And sometimes he would put on a deer head to camouflage himself. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, is it like the rubber horse head masks that people are on the internet with all the time? Yep. Probably exactly. not, but I hope so. <laughs> uh, one time he did kill a cinnamon bear, but that was after it charged him. But that's something to write home about. So 1914, they asked Ishii if he wanted to go back to the Mill Creek area. Uh, he was scared that they would leave him back there alone. Oh, no. But they had to convince him, and he was excited to go after a while. Well, the first thing he told I think he told Pope, uh, he's like, oh, we can't go there because there's no beds or, or chairs. Because <laughs> he's <laughs> trying to make it sound like unpleasant for like, oh, the you guys to go out there. You guys are going to hate it. You're going to fucking hate it. hate it. There's no chairs and no beds. <laughs> So, Dr. Pope, his son Paxton Jr., Waterman, and Krober all go with Ishii. Uh, so, Ishii had to make another adjust adjustment. Um, he had to ride a horse for for the first time instead of killing it for food. Uh, back in the woods, Ishii reverted to his old clothing, which was just a breechcloth. Mm -hmm. uh, there they had Ishii show him around to... And, and name his favorite places and former village sites and hiding caves. Uh, they took pictures of Ishii in his natural setting. Uh, but as much as he enjoyed being back, Ishii wanted to go back first of all, of all the other guys. I think he liked uh, being inside when it was cold. I think it just comes down to that personally. Shock shocking. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've grown uh, kind of accustomed to it also. <laughs> yeah. I understand his feeling. <laughs> Uh, so whether at work or play, Ishii liked to be with somebody, not alone. Uh, he was wary of taking somebody else's stuff and only really got upset when somebody moved or misplaced his stuff. But he loved to give away stuff too, especially arrowheads that he made to school groups. He loved to joke and loved to tell stories with friends like a normal human being. I don't know why that's so exceptional, but right. <laughs> I wrote it down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like an absolutely pleasant dude. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1914, Ishii commanded an English vocabulary of five to six hundred words. But by December 1914, Ishii developed a hacking cough. Uh oh. He oh, was no. in the hospital most of January for tests. Uh, looking back, the doctors thought this was kind of a beginning of a tuberculosis. That's a, that's where my head went. Uh, but he recovered. And he was back, but he was in back in the hospital by spring. 
he gave a positive reaction to a TB test. But then he recovers again and spent the summer uh, living with the Watermans. But by August, Waterman noticed he was tired easily and lost his appetite. Uh, so Ishii lived with good days and bad days till March 25th, 1916. He was born in 1862. Uh, his friends decided to treat his body... Uh, oh, he dies, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think you skipped a step. <laughs> yeah, because the next line is they treat his body in the Yahi fashion. Yeah. <laughs> they handle well, it as little as possible, then cremate him. Uh, that except is, for that that's, escalating quickly. You missed a whole part there. And they have a death mask made. No, he missed another whole part there. Oh, okay. Well, lay it uh, on me. I think That's why we was, have you here. I think it was uh, <laughs> the whole shit where Pope was... I think it was Pope was out of town. I can't remember if it was Pope or Kroger was out of town. Wait, Pope's the doctor, right? Yep. Yeah. So Kroger was out of town, and uh, he was afraid that uh, Pope was going to want to do an autopsy. And so Oh, he, after, he after like, seeing autopsies. Well, uh, but he didn't want... Kroeber, or Kroeber didn't want Pope to do an autopsy on Ishii because he knew Ishii would hate that idea. Yeah. So, but he was out of town, so he tried to send somebody to uh, be like, no, stop, goddamn it. He had like, written a letter or something that's like, don't fuck with his damn body, basically. But it got there a little bit late, so uh, Kroeber had already, or uh, Pope had already done autopsy. Oh, man. And I believe he even pulled out his brain. But uh -huh. yeah, they did a death mask. But, uh, but then they took all the parts, apparently, and then burn them respectfully after profaning them in the name of science. <laughs> but yeah, after all that, then they did it the the Yahi way, apparently. Yeah. So. At least he's not in the Skull of Bones Club or something right. like that. Right, so. yeah. True. And that is the story of Yishi. Damn. Yep. Fucking excellent. I like how... I like how uh, you, usually it starts out innocent enough, these these episodes. They start out innocent enough and then fucking leave me with this like awful fucking piece of shit, white people killing everybody's story. But you, you did the flip-flop on this one. Mm -hmm. get, get get all the bullshit out of the way first, and then it's like, oh, you know, kind of feel not terrible. Not, not as gross as, normal, as yeah. in the past. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd also like to add a little bit of additional information about uh, Saxton Pope. I know neither of you are much into hunting, but some of our listeners may be. Um, he basically is responsible, uh, due a lot to the stuff he learned from Ishii about archery, is uh, kind of known as one of the fathers of modern archery. He wrote several books on it, uh, like uh, Hunting with the Bow and Arrow and uh, what's the other one called? Can't remember. But he would actually go to Yellowstone National Park and hunt fucking grizzly bears with these handmade bows that Ishii taught him how to Whoa. make. So he actually, Tight. he ended up, but, but he would use steel-tipped arrows instead of flint arrows. But there's, uh, you ever heard of the Pope and Young Club? Either of you? No. Hmm. You ever heard of, like, Boone and Crockett? Yeah, yep. I know that. Bo Boone and Crockett's, like, uh, for shooting large game, you know, there's a point system, but that's done with a rifle. Pope and Young Club is basically the same, similar thing, but it's with archery. And oh. the Pope and the Pope and Young Club is, uh, is Saxton Pope. So, oh, um, shit, all right. So basically, he, he took what uh, Ishii taught him about archery and made it one of his lifelong passions and uh, you know got other Americans kind of into it. So I think that's pretty cool. So even though you, a lot of people know it or not, Ishii really uh, influences a lot of people to this day. Yeah, for real. Not know it. 
Man, uh, with the the grizzly bear uh, bow and arrow thing, uh, I I used to work for a company called Limb Saver. They make like uh, neoprene rubber uh, bow hunting uh, attachments and and accessories. Uh, but yeah, I used to make fletchings for arrows and stuff. But they, in the break room, there's always like you know air, bow and arrow fucking hunting magazines and uh, bow and arrow hunting videos. So we would like take the videos home and just get stoned as fuck and like watch these fucking videos. Holy shit, man! One of them was like uh, like a dude in Alaska like like had a grizzly bear charging him and he fucking like just boom right between the eyes, takes it down with a bow and arrow. What the it was fuck? fucking insane, huh. yeah. And then like the uh, the little you know they have like the the hey wacky bow and arrow times with the kids and it's like this dude and his fucking like eleven year old son and they're like shooting squirrels out of the tree with fucking arrows to a laugh track <laughs> like America's yeah, pretty much it was like it was like <laughs> you know golf with dwarf or whatever like yeah, fucking yeah. Goof, goofy fucking music and shit and then they take a uh, the next segment was like <laughs> the kid's mom uh, uh, making squirrel melt patty uh, squirrel melt. Uh, you know, open face sandwiches. Nice. So they like they like braise the squirrels and then shred it like it's fucking you know barbecue pork, and uh, put it on English muffins with cheese. Mm. <laughs> I guess I just take the squirrel and just not even I, have the. I guess I've eaten worse. Put them between oh. a piece of bread. Holy yeah, shit! Right. There's actually on YouTube there is a squirrel melts recipe. It's probably the same fucking. Is this like some blonde lady? It looks it, like it, it shot in 1995. Yeah, and it well it has. As a lady and a kid with shotguns wearing blaze orange right now. Oh, yeah, okay. I think they're about to go murder some squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> I promised him a squirrel sandwich, and that is what he's going to get after squirrel. You've heard of tuna melts or patty melts. Why not squirrel melts? Well, this is Justin's squirrel. It's a nice, young, tender squirrel, and we're going to start by poaching this. I've got some simmering water. He's kind of cute. I'm going to put his little tender butt in there. Now when it's all done and cooled, you want to pick all the meat off the bone and shred it. And I've got some already done here. I've got probably about a cup, a cup and a half of meat. Now I'm adding pecans. You can use, again, what kind of nut you like. Uh, cashews work really well, but I like pecans. You know how squirrels like nuts. How many pellets are going to be in a well, tiny you try, squirrel? You, you try to shoot them in the head, so you're just trying to obliterate their head with all the pellets. Okay. Same thing you do with the turkey. You don't, you, you know, you shoot them with a shotgun, yeah. but you don't um, aim for the the tasty bits. You aim for their little pea birdie brain and their neck parts. And just try to give that as much shot as you can. But yeah, can't wait. I'm gonna try this squirrel recipe if ever I shoot a squirrel, which I'm not <laughs> probably gonna do. <laughs> yeah, just do that in the park down the street. Shit, I could just go set snares out on my fence line out here and fucking fill my freezer. Oh, yeah. It's, well, city squirrels are fucking fat as hell, too. Oh, uh, because they've been eating your, like, dog's food and, yeah. like, all your Doritos and everything. We got some Pre fucking rabbit. That, we got some rabbit that thinks it can just, like, live with impunity out back of the house here. It's like, it's like wow, you're not going to survive because it'll let you get, like, right up to it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, uh -oh. Not, that's not good. <laughs> But what are you gonna do? Well, fucking excellent. Uh, Ishii sounds like a fucking awesome dude, and um, yep. you know, I'm glad he got to have friends towards the end there. Um, there's been several movies, also uh, pretty oh, yeah, decent one Graham from the Green. '90s. Yeah, the one with Graham Greene. Unfortunately, it also has um, what's his fuck like John Voight, who has turned into an absolute raging 
Oh, he's Trump, a fucking Trump, lunatic. Trump crazy person. Yeah, he's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's like, I think Voight plays, what does Voight play, like, uh, Krober? Uh, or probably. Or Pope? I can't yeah, remember I which one he is, yet. but I've, I've seen it a long time ago. It's pretty good. Um, well, it's Graham Greene. Most of the stuff he's in is pretty good. Other yeah, than that dude. weird Pacific Rim job or whatever you were, or Atlantic Rim. <laughs> Atlantic Rim? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't the most quality I've ever seen, but... I was know. blown away that he was in that fucking movie. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. Well. All right. Uh, Till next time, I guess. Yep. So mm-hmm. fucking, I'll, we'll throw some arrows whizzing by our head in this, in this, uh... Awesome. In this, Perfect. uh, shoot him up. All right. We'll see you next right. time. Peace. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs>